You're listening to the Live Free Now podcast, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Find us online at livefreenow.show. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome, welcome to the Live Free Now show, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. And today, I am going to do a overview and riff on some of the insights and knowledge that I've gained concerning the oligarch's plan to use sustainability, social equity, a remake of the relationship between business and and government and to roll out this marketing campaign that's called the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. We're going to talk about that, Agenda 2030, and we are going to talk about technocracy. And there's all of these strategies and vehicles and institutions that the predator class, as Bros calls them, the oligarchs are utilizing in order to carry out their desired vision of what the world should look like, what society should look like. And if we gain insight in that, if we understand their plan, their roadmap, which is like an open conspiracy, it's all just out there in the open for anyone to see. Of course, it has this really shiny veneer, this false front as though it's the best thing since sliced bread for everyone. But in reality, it's like eco-fascism, technocracy, a dramatic shift away from individual liberty, towards collective control and power and it's like nightmare dystopian type stuff so we're going to try to break all that down i'm going to be having guests on in the future uh like the guests that we had yesterday julianne romanello and i want to do the deep dives with them because there's a lot of experts that are just doing some really hardcore research and are really connecting the dots but i want to paint an overview today and then also talk a little bit about strategies i'm going to the freedom cell Texas Freedom Cell Summit in Houston. So I wanted to sneak this in just because I've been obsessing over this great reset stuff. I've been a researcher of the conspiratorial view of history uh, since 2002. And it is pretty wild to witness the growth of this plan, of this game. I can't imagine what it's like for like G. Edward Griffin types that have been exposing this conspiracy for 40 years, 50 years, who knows? And um, it's really escalated and accelerated now that COVID has happened, right? And, you know, I'm going to do my best to, to distinct between a theory that I have or a hunch, what I believe is the likely thing that's going on here, and empirical evidence, like it's a fact, right? And like I said, I'm not going to provide links for every single thing that I go over. And we're going to check out some links, though, some uh, World Economic Forum material, United Nations material, but um, I, I do have some hunches, and there's this old thing within the 9-11 truth community, and it was my hop or lie hop. My hop being made it happen on purpose, as in the U.S. government, criminal elements within the U.S. government, other intelligence agencies uh, deliberately pulled off a psychological operation on the American public. They wired the buildings to be exploded by controlled demolition, and they made it happen. It was all a big scam, big fraud. A psychological warfare so the american public will accept the growth of the police state and the military state abroad and the surveillance state too 
uh, or it's a let it happen on purpose. Like Condoleezza Rice was grilled in front of Congress and she's like, no, we didn't know that bin Laden could attack. And they're like, well, didn't you get a memo that said bin Laden determined to attack within the United States, right? And hadn't you guys been doing all these drills about planes crashing into buildings? And so they let it happen in order to reap the benefits, the problem, reaction, solution, paradigm, problem that's either a false flag that's a made it happen or problem that's just, oh, this occurrence happened, this phenomenon happened by chance, often unlikely in this kind of game. And then the reaction is we're afraid, government, please help us. The solution is more control, more tyranny, more government. So my hop or lie hop. And the same thing can be asked with COVID, what's taking place with COVID, because it is undisputed that the oligarch predator class, the New World Order, the globalists, whatever you want to call them, and yes, there's vine factions, and it's not always in unity, although the predator elite class, the rulers of this world, which stays oftentimes within bloodlines, they are definitely more unified now than they were back in the past in the 1700s, 1800s, when they were all fighting each other, or even in World War II in the last century. So made it happen or let it happen. We know that there are groups that are taking advantage of COVID. But what if the whole damn thing is a contrived conspiracy in order to roll out the Great Reset, right? And Derek Bros did this great video on the Dark Winter, which we see it coming out in the media. And uh, there's all these drills that are taking place, just like before 9-11, Event 201, Crimson Contagion, and then Dark Winter, which was many years ago. Um, and there's like a scripting and it's almost like a practice dry run for how we're going to roll this out and how we're going to sell it to the public and how all the pieces are going to fit together. And there's all sorts of elements of, we need to shut out, um, information. We need to shut out what they see as fake news, misinformation. Um, of course, what's usually coming from the government is the mis misinformation and blatant propaganda, but, I wouldn't put it past them that this was a made it happen, especially considering some of the evidence and some of the stuff coming out that it was in a Wuhan lab and all the U.S. financing going to Wuhan, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, whether it was a made it happen or let it happen on purpose, um, it still has accelerated. And those in power have leveraged the COVID-19 crisis in order to bring about their desired ends. So what are their desired ends? Well, for quite some time, there has been a small group of people of oligarchs that have been working together through tax-exempt foundations, secret societies, right, secret oaths, uh, in order to bring about a global government. And that's a global government with total control, right, and the semblance of national sovereignty. But the, the goal is a global government, and that's all written out in their own writings, um, even David Rockefeller's memoirs, the guys like, for those of you that think we've been conspiring to take over the world or create a one world super state, I stand guilty as charged and proud of it, something like that. So that's not really disputable these days. There's efforts to create a global government, but there's all this effort on top of it as well to really control almost every aspect of human beings' lives. And it's my belief that part of this strategy is so the oligarchs and the ruling class and the super elite, you know, like the 1% of the 1% are trying to create an environment where they cannot be toppled from their position of power. Um, I like to study history as a series and cycle of revolutions and wars, of course, are huge, big shifts. And then there's, of course, discoveries and inventions and stuff that shift things. But if you look at history as a, a series of revolutions, there's almost always revolutions going on across the world. 
because we live in like a prison planet police state and the people, the government that claims to represent the people, some places it's communist, some places it's a dictatorship, some places it's a fake democracy or a republic, air quotes for the podcast audience. But there's that old quote, none are more hopelessly enslaved than those that falsely believe they are free. But there's constant revolutions going on because the people don't want to be ruled. I think innately people want to rule themselves because it's in line with our inherent free will as free, beautiful human beings. And so I think the technology and the sinister Dr. Evil style supervillain plot is in place to where there can be a, cessa a cessation, a secession, a cessation, seizing of the cycle of revolutions. And those in power can simply stay in power. And that is what is being rolled out right now. And the technocracy is what form that is going to take. We did an Unloose the Goose episode all about technocracy. I should link it in the podcast show notes. And Jack Spierko, who's like super cool and, and wise, he, uh, he was like, well, it's not the technocrats that are going to be ruling things. It's the oligarchs. And he made the point like we're talking about technocracy and, and there are people, researchers that believe it's a fact. This is what's rolling out that technocracy is going to be the form of government. But I kind of had a synergy there, and it's like, well, it's going to be the oligarchs technocracy, right? So technocracy, if you're not familiar, is essentially this form of government that is ruled by experts and technology, technocrats, and it's not representative government. There's not elected politicians, right? And then, of course, there's hybrid situations, which are already taking place all across the globe. It's like a trend, just like a more liberal economy was the, a trend in South America, you know, in the 60s and 70s. And um, technocracy is being rolled out. And it's that's how the control is going to take place through this technology. And it's not good. And it doesn't look pretty. And so the technocracy is one of the mechanisms that's going to be used to track, control, trace, and hope and what the elite hopes to do is eliminate the cycle of revolution so they can maintain their position of power forever. And one of the great tools and deceptions that's been leveraged by this elite, again, this is, I, I should do an episode and invite some experts on that trace the history of the elite, right? A lot of people get this wisdom from uh, Professor Carol Quigley's book. And in that book, Professor Quigley was essentially the uh, historian for the elite. And he laid out this uh, evolution of these secret society elite groups, right? Starting a lot of it started with Cecil Rhodes, who was a oligarch that exploited diamonds in Africa. And he left this will and testament that created the Rhodes scholarship. Bill Clinton was one of them for that matter. And then there was this guy, Alfred Milner, and they created the round table group. And then from that grew the international Institute of Royal affairs and its counterpart counterpart in the West, uh, the council on foreign relations. And these are the same players that are carrying out their agenda, their plan. They have writings about their global government, and there's no hiding it. And, of course, the Bilderberg Group is another element of that. And when we talk about the World Economic Forum, the guy that founded it, Klaus Schwab, not only was a Bilderberg member, but a steering committee member of the Bilderberg Group. And so it's this crew. There's no denying that we have this crew. And this crew has a strategy that they lie out in public, and it's accessible. But people are so ignorant and incapable of critical thinking and it's a lie that's so damn big right was it hitler it was herman Goring, i think that said if you tell a lie so big it'll be easier to believe i posted that on facebook once by the way and got uh, a temporary ban and then i think they realized that it wasn't what they were doing or that it was it was illegit it might have just been a ban because of the name but people aren't even capable of really ra uh, rationalizing and, and 
conceptualizing this. Like we talked about the masses and the remnant in a podcast recently from the Albert J. Nock essay. So they just lay it out there in the open. So if you're capable of grasping this and if you care about your future and the future of your children and humanity, then you go dig and look at this stuff. And one of the tools that they've been really leveraging is the environment and sustainability, right? And that's where Agenda 21 came out of in 1992. It was the United Nations, which is a creation of this shadowy group, I should say, right? First, it was the League of Nations, Woodrow Wilson, who had Colonel Edward Mandel House as his most trusted advisor, right? Colonel Edward Mandel House even wrote this book all about how through the administrations, we could bring about this global government and do these strategics and deceptions, right? And then that was World War One, trying to get the League of Nations. Senate wasn't going for it. Then you had World War II, even more of a catastrophe, more contrived. All these international bankers are involved with financing both sides. Wall Street's financing Hitler. Wall Street simultaneously financing the Bolshevik Revolution. The capitalists are investing in the communists, right? It's a play. And along the way, and they created the United Nations after World War II. Well, I think Rockefeller donated the land for the United Nations building to be built on. Right. And Rockefeller is a key player through all this, the Rockefeller Foundation, even when every time you find them, it's trouble. And so the United Nations created Agenda 21 at the 1992 Rio de Janeiro Earth Summit. George H.W. Bush, total insider, Illuminati type guy whose family has involvement with the Nazis back in the day. He signed on to it on behalf of the United States government. There was no Senate treaty or anything. And it was essentially a plan to utilize environmentalism, the to drum up the threat of environmentalism or the problems with the environment, not to deny that exact that that actually exists. I think permaculture is the best solution, not top-down totalitarian technocratic government, if you ask me. But um, they used and they leveraged environmentalism, and that's what Agenda 21 was all about. And it has this plan and this program to to bring about sustainable development, which would see human beings herded into compact, manageable cities, right? And there's carbon taxes and controlling carbon, which is essentially life, all sorts of stuff. So that was one of the early genesises. But as technology has begun to develop, the plan, it's probably been the plan all along, has shifted into more of a technocratic dictatorship. They're still leveraging the Agenda 21, right? And so we have the Agenda 21 Sustainable Development Goals. Let me show you that here real quick. This is, this is like the outgrowth of Agenda 21. It's the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And there's all these different goals, and they all sound so peachy and cheerful and happy. And they are things that we ought to work on as human beings. No poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, quality education, gender equality, right? These are all things that we should strive towards. But there's this added element of control and technocracy. And to be frank, I don't trust all these oligarchs. They have a history of financing wars and really engaging in some conniving, deep, evil villain type stuff in real life. The Rockefellers come to mind perfectly. The Rockefeller Foundation, for example, and the Rockefeller family is all tied up in this whole Illuminati group, call them whatever the hell you want, with the UN, these roundtable groups. And one of the things that he did, he, in his foundation, this is one of the big strategies, tax-exempt foundations, holding a lot of wealth, growing that wealth leveraging that wealth through impact investing, which I'm going to get to in a sec, which is a new line of research for me, thanks to the to these folks that I've been uh, following. But 
the Rockefeller Foundation is responsible for the dramatic shift away from natural allopathic medicine that was in line with our human nature that allowed us to heal towards the Western pharmaceutical-based industry, right? There's this uh, Anslinger report, I think it was. and No, not Anslinger, not Henry Anslinger, the Drexler report, where they went to, to all the medical schools and they came up with this bogus report saying that we need to have more allopathic reactionary medicine, right? And then at the advent of pharmaceuticals, the Rockefeller was in oil and he saw they could do petrochemicals and all sorts of stuff. So this dude really destroyed and kookified and said was false information and misinformation, the Eastern medicine, the old school medicine, that's a better way to live and to heal yourself holistically rather than dealing with the symptoms. These aren't good guys. So when they try to sell us on all these sustainable development goals, and we're going to hope to help the poor and lift people up, when you dig a little bit deeper, you really see that it's so much about control. And now I'm understanding there's even the commoditization of human beings from preschool to PhD, rolling them into, <laughs> I just realized in my head, like, man, this stuff is so heavy. It sounds like it's some crazy kooky thing, right? Like Alex Jones has been marginalized, air quotes, in the public, even though he's super influential still, for sharing the same information way ahead of the curve, right? And it just sounds so crazy that it can't possibly be true, but it's true, and it gets really deep. So you have Agenda 21, you have Agenda 2030, the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals, which is a outgrowth of Agenda 21 that is, it's another marketing campaign, essentially, right? All this stuff is marketing campaigns to create a technocratic, top-down, dictatorial world government where everyone is tracked, surveilled, and we have credit scores where you can be turned off access to public transportation, for example, if you don't have your immunity pass or if you don't have your immunity token on a blockchain that is tied to your identity, your digital identity that you've had since birth. So the Great Reset's their big marketing plan that they're leveraging this day, these days. And this is brought to you by the World Economic Forum. And essentially, I linked to a video that James Corbett did, and he had that same insight that this is mainly just a marketing campaign. And he pointed out that he thinks it is the World Economic Forum's and Klaus Schwab's effort to kind of get a one-up on bringing about this agenda. There's all these different institutions and NGOs and tax-exempt foundations, and they all – a lot of them have the same goals and work together. This is the World Economics Forum is their effort to really drive this home. And so the Great Reset – I'm reading the COVID-19 Great Reset uh, book. It's called COVID-19 Great Reset, and it lays out all of these problems. Some of them genuinely are problems that I agreed with. Some of them are not problems. Some of them, we need more freedom and more market economy than more control. But the Great Reset is essentially all about shifting the way society functions, the way markets function, changing capitalism more towards this technocratic fascism, furthering global governance, honoring sustainability goals like the Sustainability Goals 2030, and Social equity, lifting people up out of poverty, right? It has all these beautiful things. But the way that they're going to do it is by encouraging and furthering the fourth industrial revolution, right? There were early revolutions about manufacturing and technology, right? I think the last one was technology. Well, this one, the fourth industrial revolution, they say is going to be merging technology and biology. And it's all the transhumanism stuff that you've been learning about and Ray Kurzweil and all this singularity type stuff. 
And they're going to be able to use this technology in the fourth industrial revolution to control and track humans. Now, here's this big part of it that I'm just now learning about. It's a crazy mechanism. I was very familiar with tax exempt foundations and also familiar with how the federal government takes tax dollars from all of the people in the states and then they roll back those tax dollars in the form of grants. And those grants always have strings attached, right? Well, tax exempt foundations do this same thing. They, the oligarchs, multi-billionaires, you don't have to be a billionaire, by the way, to have a tax exempt foundation, but these are the ones that are changing society and socially engineering the future. And so what they have been doing is using the tax exempt foundations to shield wealth for that wealth to grow in the form of investments, investments that are tied into and benefiting the private side of these oligarchs with their investment and share in actual businesses and businesses that they founded, right? So they take the tax, they take the sheltered money and they give it to universities to cities as we'll show with the city of austin to state governments to all sorts of entities in order to bring about their desired change their desired end i started a nonprofit. i've participated in starting a nonprofit, then i started a second nonprofit. And i did a lot of research on foundations because we wanted to get grants from foundations and one of the big terms is impact, having an impact, right? Which is a great way to live your life and business and your family. You want to have an impact on your community. You want to have an impact on your kids, positive impact, right? Well, the impact that a lot of these foundations and the World Economic Forum and the U United Nations and these evil oligarchs, impact that they want to have is to further this agenda, this great reset agenda. So let me tell you what they're doing. They're doing something called impact investing. Where they come into a community like Tulsa, Oklahoma, for example, as we learned from Julianne, this is how she had her big eye opener. These taxes and foundations, billionaires, I think it was a Kaiser Foundation. They come in, they give out hundreds of millions of dollars, $10 million grants, $100 million grants, and they are essentially playing God. There's a lot to learn from these folks because we liberty lovers and innovators and radicals that want to create a decentralized future, we need to start adopting this long-term strategy, right? Um, and it'd be nice to have some tax exempt foundations and stuff like that, because they certainly have a huge advantage because everyone else that's trying to put money together to bring about societal change, they're having 20, 30, 40, 50% plus of that wealth taken, given to the parasite state. These other guys that are all evil with evil doctor, evil plans, they have their money sheltered, investing, doubling, growing, uh, tripling passive income that they're then using to come into these communities. So what they're doing, is called impact investing. And it's like, we are going to give this school district or this preschool conglomeration 10, 20, 100 million dollars. And what we want to use that some of that money for is to roll out technology and iPads and computer programs that allow the teachers to communicate with the family and the children. And what they're doing is essentially commoditizing, commoditize, commoditize, com commodity, commoditization, commoditization, commoditizing, whatever the hell, they are creating commodities out of children and out of future outcomes. So here's how it works. The foundation has a goal. They want to get involved in sustainability, whatever. They're also financing all this special technology that's going to help the innovation, to help the environment or whatever. The drones is one of the big ones. They come in, they give out the money, there's strings attached, there's outcomes that will pan out decades, generations ahead, as these children that they're investing in come of age through the school systems called the P20 pipeline from, from preschool to PhD. They're investing in the community, in these individuals, targeting individuals that have certain characteristics that are desirable for their future goals to bring about societal change. And then as they come of age, 
they are there's bets that are placed there's markets that are being built around the the commoditization of children of human beings like human capital so you have markets where you trade the new york stock exchange you trade stocks for businesses and corporations you have markets for pork bellies and there's futures and there's shorts you can bet on the success of something you can bet on the failure of something there are markets that have been created surrounding this phenomenon where impact investing takes place that has a desirable outcome. If the desirable outcome, it's called like success funding. If the desirable outcome is achieved, then that's a winning bet. And whoever bet that it was going to win, then they earn some money. Whoever bet that it was going to fail, they earn some money if they can short that. It's absolutely nuts. And it's this crazy methodology and strategy that the elite are leveraging in order to bring about their goals, in order to invest their money super hardcore, super strategically. It's absolutely nuts. And this is kind of one of the MOs, the modus operandi that the Great Reset is using. And um, we really got to step up our game because it's not a good way to live. Uh, whether Trump gets in office, whether Biden gets in office, this Great Reset agenda is going to continue forward. All these people think Trump is some sort of savior. And while he does represent a departure from the Bush Clinton, Clinton crime family, who are all in bed with these globalists, Right. He's bringing back to nationalism, which isn't a good thing, but it's a departure from the globalism and the participation in all these international treaties and trade deals that apparently weren't good for America. None of it's good for the people because they're all just a bunch of leeches that are fighting with one another. But then Trump comes in and he hand chooses people for Operation Warp Speed to bring out the covid vaccine. He handpicks people that are all part of this whole technocracy conglomeration in the realm of biomedical stuff. So one of the things that they're going to do, this commodification, is they're going to leverage all of those markets and all of that extra income and money in order to bring about these ends. And one of the big elements of this whole thing is trading in data and data as a resource and rethinking what is we consider successful economies. And data is going to be a huge one of the assets. So is carbon. It's going to be a situation where if your company or your factory outputs carbon, you have to first pay for it, and that's going to be traded on markets as well. It's already taking place and happening. And the biometric digital tracking using blockchain technology is a huge part of it. They want to track and trace and surveil and control every single human being on the earth from birth. In India, they're already getting DNA samples and retina scans from all of the billion plus people that are in that country. We already have a social security system, which you don't have to get for your children, I should say. Even if you have a hospital birth, you just have to be firm. There's no law requiring a social. They can get it when they come of age if they want, or we'll build our decentralized counter economy as we already are, and they may never even need it because our agora, our agoras cadre has grown to the point where this technocracy is going to carry out because the masses are going to go along with it, but we're doing our thing over here. We're trading with people that we trust and know and that are same kind of folks that we are, right? And we all live on these great, beautiful eco-villages with high technology and futuristic cities, and we've opted out. We've created our own little, not a utopia, but a, a really good thing. That's what we got to have our eye on the prize as well. We can't just be freaking out and feeling like we're a victim. We have responsibility for our own actions. We can create that, but I digress. So let me show you how this comes home to Austin, Texas. So the city of Austin has this new department, the Digital Technology and Innovations Projects. And this is essentially how the technocracy and the fourth industrial revolution is being rolled out here 
in Central Texas. It's an official website in the city of Austin. This is just one of the projects. So this is where they get funding from different foundations. It goes to the city of Austin. It's impact investing, and the city of Austin, has there's a lot of strings attached. So this is what they're doing right now for the, the MyPass project funded by Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, pioneering ideas and technology and health grant will create a blockchain-enabled platform that stores, secures, validates, and automatically packages personal documents facilitating resident access to social and health services, especially vital to ending homelessness, such as housing benefits and access to medical care. So what they want to do, this is part of ID2020, which is part of the Gavi, the vaccine alliance that Bill Gates and the Bill Gates Foundation is all about. And they're going to roll it out first on the homeless population, and they may roll it out whenever they administer COVID vaccines. One of the strategies that these oligarchs are using is to make it appeal to your heartstrings and have some good progressive marketing to it so everyone goes along with their own downfall is they're really helping folks that are in poverty and low-income families and people that are impoverished and marginalized, right? And so they're going to come in. They're going to link them up with this ID card. Maybe it will be a quantum dot tattoo which is being developed in rice university down the street in houston also funded by the bill and melinda gates foundation where when you get your vaccine you also get these little dots that can be read by a qr code reader or whatever so they're going to track or it's just going to be a card with the qr code they're going to track all the homeless population they're going to master this technology i even went through and then it's all going to be rolled out for all the human beings and it's already done doing that in some western european countries the covey pass is all going to be part of this and let me talk about blockchain real quick before actually before i forget so here's this little presentation that the city of austin did it's all sorts of really juicy stuff if you just look but again most people aren't going to look but fear not because the masses never change the course of his course of history it's we radicals that do so they have it as an app or some sort of little hall pass but look at the look at the documentation that they talked about having be part of this blockchain identity and then i'm going to break down blockchain stuff and how this is this anomaly and paradox where blockchain can simultaneously liberate people financially and in other ways because it's decentralized and has so much potential but it's also being leveraged by the powers that be in order to track control and trace which so many technologies do including the firearm i should say but look at this little thing here. Look at all these different types of documentation. Matrix of documents needed shared. This would all be digital data that's housed on your public address that is unlocked with a private key signature signing it. Photo ID, medical history, insurance cards, healthcare records, social security card, court legal documents, birth certificate, proof of residency, military service documents, disability, AIDS verification form, all sorts of medical history stuff, like if you've taken your vaccines or if you've taken your COVID vaccines. And then these are the different institutions and agencies that have access to that information. They're going to merge it all and put it on these little blockchain blockchain things. And now here's – this is going to be one of the tools that they use to shut you out of the economy, right? So as activists, as free people, we really need to be forward-thinking – like the enemies of liberty most definitely are. And we need to project what strategies, what path are those in power going to use in order to bring about their desired ends of total panopticon control society? And how can we as free people work around or insulate ourselves from this plan, from these paths? Because what they aim to do with this blockchain, I'm, I'm, I know a lot about blockchain, you can have a public address, which is your forward-facing address. You send to people that want to send you cryptocurrency on a blockchain. The, the address is created by the computer program, the wallet that associates or interfaces with the blockchain. Then you have a private key. 
which is what signs in a transaction. It's like having the key that unlocks the transaction, the ability to either send currency or to send tokens. And so what they're going to do with all these human beings, as we said before, that are going to be commoditized and, and leveraged and bet on these human beings and their outcomes, and it'll be tied to the individual eventually. They're, they're saying that they're making it anonymous or pseudonymous, so we're just studying trends and making sure that our impact investment ends up paying off. But what they're going to do is they're going to have these tokens, and these tokens are going to sit. So you have your public address, and they're like, oh, the COVID vaccine, send the token. And then whenever you scan your QR code or your quantum dot tattoo or your microchip implantable, then it'll show that in that public address, you have the token. So there's a huge variety of tokens that can be utilized. All right, you have your bus pass token or you have your clear to travel token, right? Or you have your COVID token or your previous vaccines, or maybe a token gets sent in that indicates you are an undesirable and you've been visiting websites that have been banned by the Ministry of Information and by the big tech oligarchs, right? Or maybe your social credit score dips because you didn't pay back your Uncle Larry or whatever. Or you're doing undesirable activities with all this health stuff and all this carbon stuff. You didn't recycle your stuff properly. And because we have this total surveillance panopticon society and drones is a huge part of the Great Reset and where these impact investments are going to funnel and shift the course of history is not market-based. They can spot you that you're engaging in undesirable behavior. This is already taking place. It's not just fiction like the Netflix series, right? This is taking place in China. This is being rolled out. And a lot of these communist countries, they're the proving ground. And it's entirely possible that what we are experiencing with all this is part of the communist conspiracy. And that's the deeper end of the conspiracy. It's not communists that are diehard, pure, consistent communists, just as Osama bin Laden and his guys, I don't know about Osama bin Laden, but his crew, Mohammed Atta, and then they like went to a strip club, right? They weren't purists. So too are those that are fomenting, furthering communism as a means to an end. It's not like we're all into communism. It's such a great thing. It's that communism creates a totalitarian government that is necessary in order to carry out our technocratic fascist dictatorship. And we're going to backdoor communism into it all. So maybe all along the Chinese proving ground, like I heard Alex Jones say the other day that China is a client state of the oligarchs, right, of the New World Order. And they're utilizing those people. Australia is another example. They got hardcore tyranny lockdown going on where they're going, police officers are literally going to people's houses for sharing Facebook events that are a lockdown protest. This is what's being rolled out. This technology is going to make it so much easier. And here's where they're going with all this. And here's why we always have to counter those that are like, well, that's not such a bad idea. Sounds nice. Hmm. Like there's a socialist guy that I'm buddies with from Occupy and we stayed on Facebook friends and we debate and stuff, but it's always cordial and I genuinely care about the guy. But I'm like sharing some of how they're going to shift capitalism like this right here. There's all these different techniques that they're going to use in order to bring about their nonsense. And one of the tools that they're going to use is the use of bailouts in order to benefit society. Right. So here it says, but with memories of the 2008 financial crisis still fresh, the question was how governments could structure bailouts so they would benefit society rather than prop up corporate profits in a failing system. And they talk about how they're going to utilize bailouts in order to bring about desired ends. With Biden in office, this is projecting what the future is going to be like. 
With Biden in office, the U.S. took those demands seriously and attached strong conditions to the next wave of corporate bailouts. Companies who received funds were required to maintain payrolls and pay their workers a minimum wage, $15 an hour, et cetera. And then they let the other industries die. That's already what's taking place at the city level with certain grants and grant programs. They got to have certain sustainability goals. But the point is, I shared that and the guy's like, well, that sounds great. I don't like capitalism. I don't like that bailouts take place, nor do I. This is a good thing. But then you got to realize that these oligarchs are like hyper cartel capitalists, crony capitalists. They don't care about the little guy. This is more about control. So we always got to peel back that veneer and, and, and also counter it. Yeah, we don't think that there should be crony capitalism or bailouts taking place that create a massive inflation tax. Just the same. We really care about the environment and we think per permaculture and decentralization of systems and networks could really help to relieve some of those problems. But let me show, let me paint you before I wrap up here. Let me paint a picture of what this is all going to look like. They have these really bad propaganda articles that they put out, which are really telling. And this isn't the kind of future that I want to live in. So that's why this is like my obsession, all this great reset, because it's totally how they're carrying it out. So check out this article in Forbes magazine, 2016. This was before uh, COVID happened and they accelerated the great reset and all their marketing and stuff. That's why COVID would be the perfect my hop for these clowns. The title of the article is Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better, right? So I hope this demonstrates that I'm not – this isn't some conspiracy conjecture. It's a bit of a stretch for you to say that your life is going to be totally tracked and surveilled and it's going to be a technocratic, fascist, communist dictatorship. That's not true. Some people may want this. I don't want it, and it shouldn't be forced upon us through social engineering and clever tax – avoidance schemes through the tax-exempt foundations. Welcome to the year 2030. Welcome to my city, or should I say our city. I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or any clothes. It might seem odd to you, but it makes perfect sense for us in this city. Everything you considered a product has now become a service. We have access to transportation, accommodation, food, and all the things we need in our daily lives. One by one, all these things became free, so it ended up not making sense for us to own much. Communication was digitized and free to everyone. Look, so that's what it is. Everything's going to be on public transportation. That's why Agenda 21, even the bond here in Austin, this Prop A, Prop B bond, it is all about disincentivizing the use of the automobile because the automobile is a, is a vehicle for free people. You can go wherever you want, right? So there's not checkpoints. If you're left to public transportation as your only means of, of getting around and you need to go whatever to your family or there's an emergency – and they're going to say, well, you don't have your COVID token, your COVID immunity token, right? And in fact, you haven't been to your monthly checkup. We don't see those records on your medical history here with your ID 2020 biometric ID, blockchain-based ID. So you're not able to go on the public transportation. That's another one of their strategies, how they're rolling this out. They're not – this is Fabian socialism. It's frog in the boiling pot. It's not gun to your head, hardcore like North Korea or China. It's – we are going to subtly, slowly, but surely take away things that we believe to be privileges, and we are going to apply social pressure and social engineering so we can get compliance through that indirect manner. And so the more they roll out this tech control and public transportation and do away with cars and you got to have vaccines, the more they're going to be able to, to encourage the dissidents and the folks that aren't going to get along with it, which is why we need to create our own confederation of micro, not states, micro communities and eco villages. All right, let me show you another one. It's, this is a whole propaganda campaign that they roll out. 
and look, it, and there's going to be universal basic income, like somebody said in the comments. When AI and robots took over, some of which are work, we suddenly had time to eat well, sleep well, and spend time with other people. You know what? I like to work. I like to sell Kratom to people. I like to come up with clever marketing campaigns. I don't want to have this society. This is also like resource-based economy stuff starts pushing this, and it's another clever marketing of the same kind of scary thing. Now, let me show you another one. This is actually on the World Economics Forum's website. Eight predictions for the world in 2030. As Brexit and Donald Trump's victory show, predicting even in the immediate future is no easy feat. This is 2017. All products will become services. That means you don't own anything. It's provided to you, and you just pass it off to the next person. There's a global price on carbon. Imagine that. It's going to be so difficult. You're going to lower your credit score. It's going to be so hard to do business because carbon is absolutely a part of life through and through, not to mention human beings are carbon. So are human beings all of a sudden going to be taxed? Big part of it is the U.S. losing dominance, right? Where's the one about the privacy? We eat less meat. There's another one in here. Here it is right here. Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. How's that sound? Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. It's another one of the our city things. Makes perfect sense to us in this city. Everything you consider a profit is now a service. Is this the same article? Miracle, environmental problems seem far away. They're leveraging environmental. The death of shopping? I want to. We live different. They live different kinds of lives outside the city. My biggest concern is all the people who do not live in our city. They have lost. They, those we lost on the way, those who decided it became too much, all this technology, those who felt obsolete and unless when robot and useless when robots and AR, AI took over big parts of our job. You know what? That's a great segue because I'm, uh, I got to go to Houston for the Freedom Cell Network, and I want to talk about solutions. So one of the things that we're doing with the Freedom Cell Network, which has since grown since COVID has grown to over 5,000 global participants that are signed up on our own website. We have a, a network where people can put themselves on a map, use the park address down the road or the coffee shop down the road and find other people in the area, right? And then many of those 5,000 are organizing into a social organization that we encourage with the Freedom Cell Network, which starts with the inner cadre of around eight people working together on mutual goals supporting one another, mutual aid, mutual defense. Then you link up with other groups, other inner cadre groups, and you create a larger group where you work together across the city, perhaps. Then you link up with these other larger groups to create a meta cadre where you really can pool resources. You can uh, engage and leverage the strength in numbers. It's completely decentralized. And the beauty and the innovation of this type of social organization is as it grows in numbers, as it scales, it doesn't scale whole, uh, vertically. It doesn't scale and all of a sudden have bureaucracy and hierarchy. It scales infinitely horizontally, just like the term autopoiesis, a biological term of a cell that replicates itself. It simply re replicates itself. And in one city where there's a middle cadre of 64 people, now in that same city, there's a meta cadre of over 500 people. And it just keeps the small groups and working together with larger groups. But here's what we're trying to do. And it doesn't have to be the Freedom Cell Network that you do this in. It is absolutely critical, my free and sovereign brothers and sisters, that we organize and we unite and we find the others, the liberty lovers, the innovators, the radicals, the spiritual people, the new agers, the agorists, the tech, the cyberpunks, 
the cyber anarchists, the crypto anarchists, the crypto geeks, we find one another and we organize and network with one another. and We get each other's back because here's what's coming down the pike, as I hope I just made pretty damn crystal clear, a technocratic future where your obedience can be compelled through taking away privileges and taking away access to things that you have a right to or have, or have grown accustomed to. That's what's coming down. And so, as I said before, it's very important for we people to understand the mechanisms that are being utilized in order to create this totalitarian global dictatorship so that we can figure out how to work around them, how to overcome them, and hopefully someday ultimately defeat them, right? I will say, however, this is a big beast of a machine that is already having been rolled out and has been in the works for hundreds of years. The modern liberty movement, I don't know, after Ron Paul, we just started getting organized. There were innovators and and folks that are bringing about more freedom, right, and the advent of the internet and whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is, even though that's a paradox and that technology is being leveraged for harm, I believe, with currencies like Monero and other currencies that aren't financed by these tax-exempt foundations, we can find freedom utilizing the, that technology. I'm getting dried out here from all the rambling. So what we need to do is organize ourselves so that when they try to shut us out, we can continue life as usual. We need to organize ourselves and create a better ride, not only as a defensive mechanism to avoid getting shut down by the technocracy so that we can still have access to food when they don't let us in the grocery store, so that we can still have our underground railroad when we want to travel or flee. So we can still enjoy a good quality of life with trade and access to goods and services that we provide ourselves, the agorists, the folks that live outside of the city. Not only do we need to carry this out for that defensive reason, but more importantly and proactively, we need to organize ourselves in a decentralized social organization that is inherently in line with our free nature as free, beautiful human beings. And in doing so, in doing so, we can show other people that there's a better way to live your life, that we don't have to be tracked, controlled, that we don't have to be psychologically manipulated and terrorized and coerced by the threat of a lowering credit score or by the shame that comes along with not going along with the COVID nightmare agenda or getting your damn COVID pass or turning on the technology that already exists in your smartphone for contact tracing, which is a huge element of that. There's another way to live. This is how the free people beyond the wall are living. And we have technology and we have innovation. We have beautiful skyscrapers and we have permaculture and abundance. We're happy, we're healthy, we get along with one another. There's no police state with a boot on our neck. And we could pick some people off and encourage them to live the life that we live, which is a life that human beings deserve to live. So that's my two cents. Man, this stuff's really been on my mind. I'm going to continue to do research on this. Definitely check out the work of Derek Bros. Activistpost.com is posting a lot of stuff on technocracy and Great Reset, as is Jane's The Corbett Report. And then I link to some folks that are doing some great work as well and some previous podcasts that I've been doing. We need to research this to understand it. But more importantly than the research, they go hand in hand, right, is that we need to build the alternative that will shield us and eventually create the free society that we all deserve as their system implodes on itself because it's going to be terrible communist top down. The algorithms aren't going to be able to better choose what human beings want than human action and spontaneous order and markets. So oh, this is John Bush. I hope you appreciate uh, this podcast today. We, we 
we, I said I wasn't going to do a deep dive. I'm just going to give an overview, but we went pretty deep on all sorts of stuff. So share this podcast with your friends. Remember to subscribe to us at livefreenow.show, livefreenow.show, so you can subscribe to the RSS feed because I'm tuned in here on Facebook and YouTube. And the message that we're sharing goes against the big tech, which is part of the technocracy and the great reset and control paradigm. It goes against all that. You may not be here forever. Check out library links. Get involved on other alternative social media networks. Join the Freedom Cells network at freedomcells.org, freedomcells.org, over 5,000 people preparing for the coming of the technocracy, but not just in a reactionary way and proactive way, because this is how we ought to live our lives instead of this technocratic nightmare.